All right, that's it. It's the end of the day. You've done all you can do. Maybe imperfectly, but that's okay. It is time to get some rest. So gather up all that stuff. All those things on your mind, set them aside. And it's time to meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. And tonight, I'm going to read to you Revelation chapter 1, just verse 6. There's enough in there for us to chew on. Verse 6, Revelation chapter 1. We'll back up a little bit to get the full flow of thought halfway into verse 5. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's just think about that second half of that. We've already, in a previous episode, thought about the first half. So we'll just think about verse 6. And made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So here John is introducing this apocalyptic letter full of mystery and glory. He's talking about all that God has done through Jesus Christ for his people. He's sort of dedicating the letter to Jesus who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. We've thought about those things. Let's think about this piece of the puzzle. Jesus made us a kingdom. Jesus made us a kingdom. I don't know about you, but I grew up in North Carolina, going to church, heard the classic Bible stories, uh, benefited from Sunday school. I understood a good bit about Jesus and who he was and how we were supposed to live, but I never thought of myself as being part of a kingdom. I always thought that my Christianity, uh, that it made me different in the world from non-Christians, but that mainly I was part of America, of North America, as a citizen. I never thought of myself as having this dual citizenship, that I am first and foremost a citizen of this, this kingdom without uh, any physical borders in this world right now. It didn't. Maybe I was too young, didn't have the category to think that way. And I actually just feel like within the last decade have really started to get any kind of grip on the fact that as a Christian, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, the unshakable kingdom. All other kingdoms will prove shakable and temporary one day, but not this kingdom. Jesus has made us a kingdom. What difference would it make in your life if you fully embraced the fact that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God? Think back over the last 24 hours. What would have been different? if you had fully lived in light of this kingdom citizenship.
still thinking back over the last 24 hours, what would have been different if you were not a citizen of this kingdom, if you were on the outside, if your identity was limited only to the kingdoms of this world, what would have been different? What is the nature of this kingdom that we are a part of? There's no capital city here on earth. There are no physical borders. What is the nature of this kingdom? Imagine a little child read this verse and came to you and asked you, they know you're a Christian, and they said, what does this mean? He made us a kingdom. What kingdom? How would you explain it? John goes on, Jesus made us a kingdom, and that that is very meaningful, but it doesn't fully explain what Jesus has made us into as Christians. So he qualifies that. He says, Jesus made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. So we are a kingdom of priests. What does that mean? What does it mean that you as a Christian are part of a kingdom of priests. Well, what does a priest do? Think back to what you know about priests in the Bible. What did they do? What was their function? A priest was one who could be in God's presence and could interact with God and intercede between God and other people. And we as Christians, we are granted citizenship in God's kingdom. We're also granted access to God himself. Jesus made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. So many Christians settle for so much less. So many Christians settle for life as usual with some helpful tips and hints from the Bible. Settle for a lifestyle that looks identical to their neighbors who do not know Jesus, who are not citizens of the kingdom, and who have not been given given this priestly access to God. We miss out on so much. I think that there are depths and heights available to us as a kingdom of priests that we are barely scratching the surface of. What would it look like for you to live the next day, to live tomorrow fully in light of the fact that you 
and I and all of us who are Christians, we have been made into a kingdom of priests. What would be different if you lived fully in light of that fact? Jesus made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. What an interesting phrase. Jesus, by his death on the cross and making payment for our sins and uh, bridging the gap between us and a holy God, he is gathering people and creating this kingdom of priests. And they are priests who now have access to his God and Father, Jesus's God and Father. Now, Jesus is God. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three, yet one, in a mystery that we can't understand fully. So we slap a label on it and call it the Trinity. But within the Trinity, there is worship and relationship. And so Jesus, as God the Son, perfectly worshiped and glorified God the Father. And we, as Christians, little Christs, have been granted sonship through Jesus, have been adopted, and now we've been welcomed into that relationship. We now get to glorify and worship and trust and know God the Father with the same son-father type relationship that Jesus has enjoyed for all eternity. We get welcomed in to this divine relationship. It's unfathomable. I can't even really figure out how to describe it right now. Jesus made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. Just reflect on what you know about Jesus' relationship to the Father. Our verse ends with sort of a benediction type statement. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The subject still seems to be Jesus, could be God the Father, but I think the flow of thought is more naturally Jesus. To Jesus be glory. To Jesus be glory. Does it matter to you whether or not Jesus is glorified. It might help to define what I'm talking about. For Jesus to be glorified, where he says here, to him be glory, it means let Jesus be seen and known for all of his valuable, worthy, beautiful perfections. Now let everybody see and celebrate how awesome he is. That's basically what it means. Glory be to Jesus. Let everybody see how awesome he is. Does that matter to you that people see Jesus as glorious? 
as you continue to mature as a Christian, it's going to become increasingly valuable to you that others see Jesus as awesome and glorious. It's a perfectly natural thing. You you watch a TV show that you thought was really good. You can't wait for others to see it and agree with you. It's the same with Jesus. The, the more you experience how glorious and awesome he is, the more you're going to enjoy other people seeing that as well. You're going to want his glory to spread over the whole world. You're going to want everybody to know that he is awesome. He is glorious. And there's a really pleasant byproduct of that in that it also takes the weight off of you. You don't need to be glorious. It doesn't matter if anyone sees you as glorious. You will increasingly not care what people think about you. The main thing is that they know Jesus Christ is glorious. And so you can just let the weight go. It doesn't matter if people see you as really smart or really pretty or really handsome or really strong or really capable, really funny, really accomplished, well-dressed, rich. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. One by one, all those things fall off of your back and you are freed to fulfill your purpose, glorifying Jesus Christ. Just imagine yourself 100% free from being self-conscious, being like an arrow pointing only to Jesus and never yourself. How freeing that would be. This benediction statement says, to him be glory and dominion. So the Christian desire that is growing in me is growing in you. And don't feel condemned if you're not perfectly there yet. Obviously you're not, neither am I. But it, it will grow over time, your desire to see him glorified and your desire to see his dominion spread. You're going to want to see him in charge of more and more and more of your life. And you're going to want to see him in charge of more and more and more of this world. You're going to want more people under his rule because he's such a good king. So our prayer is for him to be glorified and for him to have dominion and for him to have it forever and ever. There's so many people that come on the scene and they seem so great, but only for a little while. Even the greatest human beings who've ever lived eventually die. You know, they're only great for a little while. We're really at our peak for just, just a, a small handful of years. Uh, I'm 38 right now. I feel like I'm only just now beginning to figure out a little bit about how to be a human being. Um, I, getting a sense of what I'm called to do. I'm getting better at it. Uh, but, you know, it won't be long before I'm starting to age and my mental faculties are starting to slow and I'm not that effective anymore. It's really a brief window that we're able to make our highest contribution. And our highest contribution you know, really isn't that fantastic in the grand scheme of human history. But Jesus Christ will reign as king forever and ever. He truly is the awesome one. And we get to know him. We get to belong to him. We get to be part of his kingdom.
And so our verse ends with the word amen, which just basically means that's true and I like it. It's true and good. I endorse it. I'm glad about it. I'm behind it. I agree. I celebrate it. So let's get some rest. Just celebrating these truths about Jesus. Just being freed from ourself and our self-consciousness to center our focus on Him. He is glorious. He is the King. He has made us into a kingdom of priests. And we long for Him to be glorified and have dominion forever. Father, that's our prayer tonight, and I pray for uh, my dear brother or sister who's listening that they would grow in this desire. I pray that for myself, too, that we would grow in the desire to see Jesus glorified and to see His kingly rule spread in our own hearts, our own lives, among our families, in our neighborhoods, our cities, our states, our country, and this world. Let him be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.